Hey, all you listeners, and welcome to Texas Homegrown Music, our first show of 2022. And I've got a special guest today. His name is Matt Boggs, and he's with the band Prophets and Outlaws. I've been a big fan. Heard about him for years. I haven't seen him live yet, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to do it now because after getting to know these cats, I really want to see him out there because they've put on a heck of a show. I've watched so many videos and listened to some phenomenal vocals. I think you guys will agree this group really has it going on. So I'm not going to take a lot of time. I'm going to go ahead and do a song for you because it's one of my favorites of our band. And I think going into 2022, I want to put 21 behind us. But I tell you what, I have a feeling it's going to be crazy anyway, because that's just the way life is. And crazy is what I need. And that's why we wrote this song years ago. It's a beautiful song off our latest records called Crazy is What I Need. I'm going to do it for you now. And when you come back, be here with Matt Boggs of Prophets and Outlaws right here on Texas Homegrown Music. Going through a box of souvenirs Found a photo hadn't seen in years September 94 no idea what lay in store Faded Levi's and a Springsteen shirt My hair went past my miniskirt Wild nights chasing love High on life and so free of
Well, we're back. It's Maylee Thomas right here at Texas Homegrown Music with my guest, Matt Boggs of Prophets and Outlaws. Welcome, Matt. Hey, thank you for having me. What a cool, uh, cool show and cool scene you've got for yourself in McKinney. Well, oh, I tell you what, I am so excited about what's going on in McKinney music wise. And um, I, I say this all the time, you know, we get Dallas, Fort Worth and, and this whole area gets a bad rap because everybody just assumes that Austin is the music capital. And if you dig around and do some um, history, you'll find out that we've had a ton of, of artists come out of Dallas that actually get pinned from from uh, Austin and it's just not true. You know yeah, what I mean? There's a, there's a lot of great artists up here and uh I think a lot of them end up in party bands. You can make <laughs> a lot of money doing that, uh especially around here. Some well, of my I best friends that are my best, you know, best musicians I know, they they're in like these wedding bands and they're making 3 4 x what you know, regular I, I don't know what you call original bands make, you know, just it's a little soulless, I think, but it's uh, it's good, honest work. And well, it is. And find I, a good, I've, I've right got situation. a couple friends myself that do it. And every once in a while, they'll pull me in to sing on it. And I, I love them. And they're, they actually have original music as well. And and they'll tell you it's so hard to play when people are really not paying that much attention, you know, because you're, you're oh, doing this corporate stuff <laughs> and it's, it's tough on your, it's tough on your soul, man. Yeah, it, really it sure is. is. I mean, the, there's gigs like that in the original band too. I mean, there's nights where people just didn't show up. Uh, one of the first, the first time we ever opened for Randy Rogers band, we were out in West Texas, a small town and, there was nobody there. And I, I asked Randy, I said, like, you know, you're Randy Rogers. Why is there no one here? He's like, Texas high school football, man. Like, basically, once the fall starts and high school football starts, you know, it's hard for anybody to. Yeah, no, night. Friday so, night lights, right? You got to compete just ha- with it. It just happens. Every once in a while, you have kind of a stinker of a night. And you, what you need to do is put yourself in the mindset of. There's probably one person at least that came there that's never seen you play before. It's the first time they've ever seen you play and you really want to put on a good show because maybe they drove from far away or I don't know. So it might be the only time they ever see you. And so you just want to do a good job for them. And I agree um, with that completely. The mentality Matt. you got to have. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, I, and I, I, I'll tell you, I've had this conversation with a lot of artists in the past there's many times that I looked forward to a gig because it was going to, you know, it was at a big venue and I knew it was a sold out show and going to be phenomenal. And I got there and, and it was a, it was a good show. No, no complaints. But sometimes the ones that I think are going to be not so good, they end up being great for me because you connect with somebody. And it's just like you said, you never know who's out there that came with their family or they've been listening to you for a long time and you finally came to their area and maybe there's only 50 to 75 people at the show but you can feel the energy because they were there to hear you and they they really loved it and and for me that's just as fun maybe there's only five to seven people at the show well, I, that too where it's just like what do you guys want to hear next because it's pretty <laughs> much just a you call it thank you for coming all seven of you haven't you haven't you been to some of those shows where you felt like the staff and the people that were working it were the audience <laughs> yep oh yeah definitely I, I, and, I you tell know, you. that's just part of it that's part of like learning and that's how you without those kind of nights you wouldn't appreciate the nights where it's really good and there's a <laughs> bunch of people there to see you play and they know the lyrics to your songs and they're into it and they're dancing and they brought their friends. Those nights are fun because of the nights when seven people show up. Oh boy. And I that's I tell I'm, you, I, you're too young, I think, but do you remember the movie Spinal Tap? Sure. Okay, I, I didn't know if, if you were too young to have actually watched it, but I'll tell you what, when when I first saw that movie, it was so hard on me because I was like, 
what are you talking about as a joke? I've lived this. I've totally lived this where you're so pumped up about a big show and you show up and you're like opening for a clown or a puppet show in their case or, you know, in our show, in our case, so many times we would be pinned with or we'd be, we, you know, we'd be connected with something that had absolutely nothing to do with music. And I was like, what? Why did they even hire our band to come to this? We did we did something the other night. I don't want to name anything because it was it was ended up being a lot of fun. But essentially, we were the quote unquote country band they hired. They didn't know anything about us. They didn't know any of our music. They wanted an hour of country music, and we were like, we were just any fill in the blank like a Mad Lib, you know, like just country band fill in the blank here. And uh, it was kind of like insulting when they said that to us a little bit because we kind of realized. We could have been easily replaceable with anyone. It's kind of how they made it seem. But then the attitude we kind of took was like, they're not expecting much because to them we're just generic country band. But let's blow them away. And we did. And it was awesome because they kind of turned around. You guys were better than the – because it was a wedding. And they said, you guys were better than the main band. And we got a bunch of those comments. And that was really fun. (laughs) Kind of turned it around. Yeah, well, you just have to reframe it because you do walk into those gigs where you feel a little bit like sort of like you're tricked almost like you were kind of led to believe you were sold a uh, kind of sold a little bit of a different experience than you got. And you get there and you kind of got to make the best of it. And it happens more often than not. Honestly, you kind of think like it's going to be one way and it's it's not. But then, like I said, those are the nights that make. Make it worth it when you walk into a situation. Everything's perfect. There's a ton of people. You know, they got a nice green room for you, good dinner set up, whatever that might be. Just everything works out. So, well, we, um, you know, for years, and I'm sure you guys have, have done your share of it. Um, I mean, we did load ins, I've set up the equipment, and we, you know, did our own sound checks. And then at the end of the night, our end of the night wasn't for another hour and a half after we finished because we still had to tear everything down, load it all up, get in our. If your band is responsible and they're not running to the bar to drink or go hang out with everybody, yeah, well, I mean, no. an hour and a half sometimes is good. That's like, <laughs> we did it, we get out of here. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, well, being with my husband, as you probably know, my, George and I. I've been playing music together for three decades, which is just crazy. It's hard to imagine awesome. that we've been together that long and doing this. But, um, you know, he's always been very on time and, you know, very responsible. Hence, that's why when I hired him to be the guitar player in my band literally 30 years ago, um, he got in the band and he put it in ship shape. I mean, everybody was like, oh, no, you know, and we were just friends for before we got married. But I recognized that if I was going to do this for a long time I needed to make sure that I had guys that really understood that this is a job it's not just um, you know show up whenever that people were paying money to come and see us and they and you know we took it very seriously and I I think that um, there's a lot of bands out there that probably don't understand what that's like because they started out that you know in today's world it's just so different Matt when when we started out you had to go out and play gigs that was the only way people were going to see you we didn't have any kind of social reach Um, certainly not like we do now where you can just sit in front of your iPhone record a song throw it out there and Thousands of people are going to see you, uh, you know, somehow, some way, if you push it. When I first came up, um, I was in a fraternity. So there, you know, you kind of like have a built in group of friends. And so we had a bar in Norman, Oklahoma, small bar called Brothers, probably like fit 250 people inside or whatever. If it was, you know, if it was crammed and then in the backyard, you could probably do like another 150 200 and we would my first like real show on our own you know not like some kind of cafe thing or just whatever like a real show you know matt boggs band headlining tonight at brothers whatever we sold it out we brought tons of people we made it seem like this was going to be such an easy thing like all we got to do is show up bring our guitars collect a big check at the end of the night and this was before social media really we had facebook but we weren't really putting our videos and songs out on Facebook. We were just letting people know through text, you know, or we'd like create an event. And so when we got out of college, we kind of were naive thinking 
this is going to be really easy. We could sell out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just book a tour at all these college bars. (laughs) Yeah. Our first like 10 shows, because that was our first 10 shows were like at Brothers. Like we didn't really do much touring. You know, we went to the same place every every six weeks. We'd play back there and we'd do great. And uh, we just thought it was going to be so easy. And then we got out of school and reality set in. We started playing some of those shows to five or seven people and we go to different towns and and then everything changed again, like you were saying, with the internet and MySpace. I had songs on MySpace, and I had I was getting I was getting gigs from it too. I uh, I was doing voiceover, not voiceover work, but like uh, you know, like a radio station will have their kind of like their song, you know, coming out of commercial or going into commercial. And I, I did one for in Nashville, and it was Big Big ninety eight. WSIX. Oh, there you I go. Like, I was doing that for years. You were doing jingle work too. So jingle yeah. work. And so I got some jingle work off MySpace and then the internet kind of got bigger and bigger. And, uh, you know, you start Facebook and Instagram and now it's like a whole nother thing. Like it's, I don't even know some of the bands out there that seem like they're blowing up and famous. I don't even know if they have a van or a trailer to get around, you know, they've just gotten big on TikTok, And now it's like, I have this huge following. I need to go tour. Well, I've got, I've got, um, in fact, I just talked to a friend of mine whose son is doing, um, he's doing poems to music. And I, you know, I know the first That's time I a heard song. It, well, yeah, but it's, he's, he's talking it basically. And, um, a rap song. Yeah. And I, and I was like, so impressed, but he's got, millions and millions of streams and so his dad was like well dude we we got to start touring we got to start doing something and he realized what's well, kind of different to pull all those people into one place than to just throw it out there and have them listen to it so uh you know I, it, it is interesting the whole way that we all get started but when we come back i want to talk some more about that because there, there's some stories in there i know there are that people would love to hear well we're going to start um right now with a song called dreamer you guys just finally after putting out a lot of eps put out a, a record a couple of years ago now uh, called dreamer and this is the title track and i just love it and i know everybody else does too because it's gotten a ton of streams on spotify and apple music so i know you guys are going to love it we're talking with matt boggs from prophets and outlaws and their single dreamers and we'll be right back and i want to hear some more about some of those gigs of the five to seven people because most of the time that i see you guys playing there's tons of people there but we'd like to hear about those too so we'll be right back on texas homegrown music you're listening with maylee thomas and matt boggs of prophets and outlaws what will they read on your headstone when you're gone When your ship comes in the night Just a sinner that never saw anything but the dark Did you finally see the light? I will die you find your bed Did you chase down the moon? Did you give it away? Or did you make somebody laugh? I will die
with Matt Boggs of Prophets and Outlaws, and we were talking about your start uh, there in college at uh, some of those college gigs. And I, and I know for I know from personal experience, because I've played a ton of ice houses, and we, we used to play around SMU a lot at, um, when my band had started out, and they just throw us into anything, and, and people were there. I mean, it was crazy, the, the turnout, because, I mean, let's face it, when you're in college, they just want to go out and drink and hear some music, <laughs> right? Pretty easy, yeah. <laughs> but um, so, so tell me, you had Matt Boggs' um, band in college, but I know that you actually had already started playing, um, or certainly started the thought of behind having a band with James and Stephen Guckenheimer, who you were at Jesuit High School with. Tell me, tell me about that connection and how you guys went from there. We were classmates at, at high school in high school and uh i knew james and steven because they would we, it was a private religious private high school uh jesuit in dallas and so we would have these prayer services on fridays and james and steven would often be the musicians that would play like the kind of more contemporary music like uh not contemporary that's the wrong word but like pop music you know we I mean, they'd have like a student band play like a Dave Matthews song or something like that. Right. So try to relate to the kids a little bit. And anyway, it would be Stephen and James half the time. So I knew they were musicians and I always loved singing. I was in the choir and I didn't want to do, uh, ceramics was like my other option, I guess, <laughs> you know, for my, my elective. And I, I chose choir. I ended up doing it for two years, the so four semesters and had the best time, learned a lot. And I didn't know anything about uh, music or playing music or running a band, but I liked to sing and I had a good voice. I was passionate about it and it was something I could pursue and follow. And I did a couple singing contests. Uh, I tried out for American Idol and uh, different different like singing contests along the way. The first time I ever played at Billy Bob's was like this Colgate showdown you know, Colgate toothpaste showdown, like singing contest, you know, that was like kind of my first foray Oh wow! into the whole thing. It was really cool. And, uh, I learned a lot, but I never really had any experience touring or playing in a band or whatever. And, uh, senior year in high school, we had the best counselor and he was really good at looking at a young person and saying, you know, this is what you should do, or I need to guide you to kind of become an artist, or you should keep working on math. You know, you're really smart, engineering, whatever. So he looked at me and saw my average to below average grades and <laughs> said, you're, you're good at this choir thing. You know, why don't you try to start a band? And I was like, okay, great. Do you know anything about starting a band? He's like, no, but, uh, Alex plays bass, you know, one of my classmates and, and so-and-so plays drums. And, uh, this guy plays, you know, kind of literally managed us that afternoon and put a band together. Cause he knew all the kids in our grade and he kind of put this band together and we, we did a senior concert on the baseball field. It was my first ever band experience. And one of the songs we were going to do, our guitar player didn't know. And Steven, my current guitar player, Guckenheimer, young sophomore or freshman at the time got to come to the senior, you know, blowout. Because he could play guitar. Because he could play this song. <laughs> anyway, he was so good. I was so impressed with him. I loved him. He's a great guy. And uh, so when I went to college, you know, he would come up and play these fraternity parties with me. And we would make quite a bit of money for 18, 19 year olds. You know, we walk away with three or $400 after a night. And it's like, this is this <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, this is good. Let's do this. So he, he eventually went to college at North Texas, which if you're from around this area, that's an hour and a half drive. It's nothing. So we would kind of spend time going back and forth, writing songs, playing guitar. I'd play at his fraternity parties. He'd play at my fraternity parties. And we just cut our teeth that way. And then when we got out of college, James, his brother, his older brother, uh, joined our band, played drums. And we decided with all three of us, three-headed monster. Um, I loved being the Matt Boggs band, but I felt like I would get more 
buy-in and effort if all three of us felt like this was our project, you know? Sure. So we said goodbye to the Matt Boggs band and we started Prophets and Outlaws with James, Stephen, and Matt. And the journey began. We played a lot of private parties and backyard parties and we play bars and clubs and breweries and kind of book ourselves. That was really tra- challenging and hard and we had some success and some failures and got on with a booking agent for a while and then that didn't work and we were driving my mom's van with a U-Haul trailer and went burned through like four or five bass players and kind of kind of just middling around and someone told us about uh, Battle of the Bands out in Fort Worth and we went and won it. The whole cool. thing. And one of the one of the awards uh, was to get to do a radio promotion, which we always were curious about. Like, how do you get your song on the radio? And back then, you know, I say back then, it was like 2010. It wasn't that long ago. It was kind of a mystery to us how that even went about, how you would get a song on the radio. Or This, this was like one of our prizes. So we were able to work with uh, someone out of Nashville. They uh, asked, what song would you want to promote? And I you know, showed them soul shop and we had uh, a DJ play it out in Fort Worth and the song just started exploding. It it started kind of organically appealing to people and and spreading. And uh, the radio promoter was super happy with our results. We hadn't had no experience in the radio world at all. No one knew who we were. Um, And we were getting these plays and, and spins from different, different stations. So we went on our first radio tour, which was really cool early mornings and, yeah, um, just kind of started doing the whole thing and kind of got involved with the scene. We met more and more people and uh, kept releasing singles. And before you know it, we were we got to play Billy Bob's on a Thursday night on the Honky Tonk stage. The, uh, I didn't say that correctly. The Honky Tonk stage. <laughs> the Honky Tonk stage. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was like you know just an incredible experience. We had four hundred of our own fans there. You know, it was like we were back in college again. Like we'd kind of like. Okay, we got it back up again, you know, and uh, it's just a fun journey through then. And then ever since then, we've been trying to keep it going, writing more songs. And uh, so I'm sure we'll get into more, but we got to, you know, write with a bunch of our heroes and uh, kind of went on a writing journey for a while. And now we're sort of on this studio recording journey where we're trying to just trying to sound as good in the studio as we think we do live uh, for a long time. You know, you, you'll know this being in the scene for so long, you hear things from fans over and over and they start to resonate more. The more times you hear them, and people would always say to us like, you guys are so good live. And that was a great compliment. What we started to hear kind of like between the lines of the compliment is like, we'd like to hear you guys improve a little more in the studio because <laughs> we felt like we were working so hard on our set list and our, our transitions. And we had the set, the set down, you know, we, we could do a lot of different ways, a lot of different tempos and speeds and felt very versatile on stage. And we get in the studio and because it's so dang expensive, you know, we feel like we're on a, on a schedule and everyone's kind of stiff. And so our I new know, thing is I just know kind personally of like, how that feels. Yeah. It's not like you're loosey goosey at a, at a venue, just having a great time. So, uh, we're trying to work on making our studio stuff as strong and energetic as our, it's just funny how the journey's gone from just so long, like not even that long ago, I guess I should say, we were trying to get our songs on the radio and get, get a day in the studio any way we could. And, and now we're trying to, it's just been fun. It's been a really fun journey. And I always hear people say like, don't get into music. You know, they always like kind of say like, don't get into this business. There's too many crooked people. And I would say, that can be true and you can get burned if you're not paying attention, but the journey and the ride is so fun and it's, it's, uh, you learn so much, you learn about a lot of people and it, it's, uh, it couldn't be more worth it. It's so rewarding. Like we were saying those five to seven people in a venue to all of a sudden have 400 or whatever it was at Billy Bob's that night. Like that's such a good feeling coming from, you know, well, you know, I can't imagine um, anybody feeling confident to say that don't get in the music business because there's too many crooks in it. I don't know. I just think it's important for everybody to know you can 
enjoy what you do and and even in in work and i i've tried to instill this into my kids and i'm not saying that every job out there you're gonna enjoy what you do but you can make it enjoyable and if you just remember that it's really about relationship and it's about how do we you know what do we do and what are we doing every day to relate to other people that are going through the same thing and i can't imagine my life without music because that's what got me through everything and i i've not met very many people that music doesn't do doesn't bring them some type of peace or joy or happiness and sometimes sorrow reminds you of things but um it's you know it's it's actually very vital in our world and so no matter what you do you should be able to find a way to ha have music be a part of your life and, and for us it's a bigger part than others you know but um it's whether you're making it or whether you're listening to it um i think it's it's just a real vital part of help, helping me to love life and i i can i can tell it is with you as well well thanks for helping remind me it is easy to forget sometimes and that's... Yeah, well you know we get bogged down into the music business part of it and it is a job and i i, I think people don't understand that um you know I, I would love for and and part of the reason why i do this show is i want people to hear what a day in the life is like for these people that are doing this as for a living um it's it's not just standing up on a stage and, and giving it you know giving it your all i, I have so much to say about that because we we make a joke all the time that we're really like a furniture moving company <laughs> i mean if you really look at if you really look at what our day looks like right on any given day we're up we get to the we have like a farm where we meet at we meet at the farm load the trailer full of heavy stuff yep we get in the car we drive forever yeah. We we eat terribly. Yeah. <laughs> we get out of the car. We unload our heavy stuff. We yeah. set up our heavy stuff. We play music for an hour and a half. Yeah. And then we unload all of our heavy stuff again, put it back in the trailer, drive all the way back home, eat terribly, get back home, unload our heavy stuff. Like we're just a moving company. And <laughs> we, we, ha we have a hobby of playing music in between, you know, while we're out. Well, I'm grateful that you're doing it because I think that the message is is clear. Um, you guys have some good stuff to say. And I'm thrilled about playing this next song. And I love that you guys, that's an early song that you wrote years ago. I think it was your first EP, right? Soul Shop. This was our first big song that uh, we released to the radio and on our first EP. And it was the song that people heard and would replay and we're so thankful because we honestly we knew it was uh our best song but we didn't know that it would resonate with people and we it was a really fun this was 2015 so it was just uh, it was the first time i heard myself on the radio the first time i got invited to be on tv this song opened up so many doors for us well uh, i love this song and it resonates <laughs> with me because i'm just an old hippie anyway and i love soul music and i love um, I just love the vibe of it. I love the message. And it's it's Thanks. clear that you guys love it, too. And, you know, a, a good song is a good song. It doesn't matter. And I tell people all the time, you know, they'll say, well, that song's one of the first songs I wrote. And, you know, it's so old. I said, well, listen, I'm still listening to I listen to the 40s music and 50s and 60s and 70s. And there's a, a good song is a good song. It doesn't matter when it was written. Right, and, right, uh, right. So, you know, it, I, I mean, I know as artists, a lot of times we want to hear the latest and greatest because we feel like we're evolving but this is one of your better songs matt and i love it and i want to share it with everybody so we're going to play it right now it's called soul shop and you're listening to texas homegrown music with maylee thomas and my guest matt boggs of prophets and outlaws and i know you're going to dig this song and we're going to come back and talk about some new songs they've written and a new record they're going to be putting out and we're we're really excited about and i'm so glad you're with me today matt and i know all my listeners are too so we'll be right back
Well, we're back with Matt Boggs of Prophets and Outlaws. I know you guys enjoyed that song. <clears throat> and Matt, we were talking earlier. So <clears throat> you guys um, have you just released that record. And it's it's new to me because it's only a couple years old. And you know how it is when with COVID, you didn't really get to tour that much with your new music. I mean, you guys released that record. And then what, three months later, we shut down? Yeah, we, well, we actually had a whole single off of it. Dreamer was the first single off of it. And then as soon as we released Love Like a Love Song, that was our second single off the record. It was going right. to be a big summer hit. You know, we released that, whatever it was, spring. And that was right when the whole, you know, everything shut down, March. Ugh. So we got about half of, a, you know, it, let's say you put out a record and you want to tour on it for a year, a year and a half. I think we toured on it for about six months. Yeah. Well, I know, and I know a lot of people that had um, started working on records during COVID and uh, were just sitting there waiting on when to they release. They might still it. be. They might still be waiting. Yeah. At this well, point. I know a lot of them. A lot of them are just now doing it. And, and they're like, well, that's that's old. It's you know, we, we did that a year and a half ago, two years ago. And now we're working on a new record already and we never got to tour the old one. So, um, yeah, it's tough. I'm telling you, it's tough. But what? But here's the thing. Every Everybody's going through it and everybody's been going through it all over the world. So it's not like it just hit you and you're the only one that had to suffer from it. Uh, we're going to look back on this, um, you know, five to 10 years from now, and it's going to be a blimp. And we're going to actually look at all the things that we did get to do, because for me, I was forced to slow down and uh, just like everybody else. And I got to really reconnect with um, my family and my husband and my my animals and you know, my my dogs and my cat were thrilled when uh, COVID hit. <laughs> I, I was I don't know if we were off air or on air, but I was telling you about my kids. I had two babies in the midst of COVID. And so it was a major blessing in disguise that I didn't have to. I guess, you know, if we'd have had a bunch of shows lined up, I don't if, I wouldn't have missed their birth. But what I've had to leave like a week later, you know, yeah. maybe the, the next week or. I was glad I got to just stay home and be home for a couple of months after they were born. Several yeah, that's great. I'm sure, just be there with them. and I'm sure your reconnect. wife appreciated it because yeah. um, for those of Honestly, you that. What, what would we have done? Like would I would I have had three kids at home with my wife and I'd be like, I'm going to Houston <laughs> or whatever. You know, I, I don't know how I was going to. I just got dumb lucky with the. Well, so timing, I don't know I that we, I'm not sure if we talked about it on or off the air, but so he's got a um, four-year-old son and twin daughters that are two. So you had twins during COVID, right? Yep. Uh, my wife uh, got a fever while she was in delivery, and they weren't sure it wasn't COVID, and uh. so I had to leave. And made her cry and oh. she had to like sit there for like three hours by herself. I'm in the parking lot on the phone trying to find out where I can take a COVID test so I can get back in the hospital. It was horrible. And it <laughs> ended up working out just fine. Um, I got to go back in the hospital. We had two healthy babies. They're actually sleeping right now. And uh, we're going to have a big afternoon. Oh, when they, that, when they uh, wake up playing in the backyard. Yay, yay. Well, and you know, for all you listeners out there, we've had the most phenomenal Texas weather during this holiday. So um, there's no excuse for you to not be out and enjoying it. It's been pretty phenomenal, right? It's been amazing. We, uh, we don't have like a heater for our pool, but it's been almost almost to the point where you could get in it. Yeah, but well, it's crazy on Christmas. I know it's insane. I actually love it, though. I'm a t I'm a Texas girl and I I'm kind of thin blooded and I don't like cold weather. So I'm all about it. I'm, I've been digging it big time and I'm really, really enjoying it. And I'm sure you have, too. Well, I got I just got to say, I have really enjoyed having you on the show, Matt. And shame on me for not getting out to see you guys. But I promise you, I'm going to and I'm going to be in the front row and I'm going to be one of your biggest fans because I dig your I dig your style I dig your harmonies and I, I really dig your attitude I can just tell you're a good human and I appreciate you um, sharing the this great message of music with Texas and being a Texas artist because I think Texas has the best musicians ever and I might be a little biased but um, I, I can tell you 
it's been a lot of fun being able to interview all these people because you know being in a band I haven't really been able to get to know other artists that well unless they come through our venue which by the way I'm going to have you guys come and play because listening to your stuff um, it's a listening room you know guitar sanctuary it's not that big of a room about 250 people is what we usually try to, to hit but they're all there to listen and I know you guys can appreciate that and will appreciate that so I'm going to definitely get you guys on so um, you guys released a really cool song I love it it's called A Little Bit of Love and I think you have a guest artist on there is it Pat Green on this song? Yes we got to record with Texas music legend Pat Green it was really cool Uh, let me tell you the story real quick I never I don't know I guess we have time but Basically, uh, I became friends with a local sports radio DJ, George Dunham. He's on the ticket here yep. in Dallas. And he's also a songwriter and has a band of his own. And we're kind of musician friends. We're, we're uh, writing buddies. And he got to know Pat Green a little bit um, through the sports show and through music. And I guess one day Pat was out playing golf and wrote George a text or called him up and said, I just heard something on the golf course that would be a good song. And it was a little bit of luck goes a long way. And Pat turned it around and said, I think it should be a little bit of love goes a long way. And that could be a cool song. And so that was Pat. Pat kind of threw that out there and kind of left it out in the atmosphere. So George calls me up and says, I just got an idea from Pat. And I think if we wrote the song, he would cut it and put it on his next record. And I said, great. Let's write it. So George comes over. We write this song about giving back and holding a door for somebody and letting them over in traffic might make their day a little better. And so we start thinking we can't write this whole song, this preachy song and not do anything about it. You know, we can't be the ones that aren't giving back. So we got together with the North Texas Food Bank and put a link on our website. Every dollar that, you know, someone donated would feed three people. We raised $12,000 in the first day of the single. Wow. And Pat wasn't able to put it on his record because he didn't have one coming out. But this is the cool part. It was kind of like bad news and good news. Uh, he couldn't put it on his record because he wasn't going to have one coming out. But he said, I'll come sing on the song, uh, like the second verse or whatever. And you guys put it on your own record and make it your own song. And which was like, unbelievably cool. So, I mean, gosh, Prophets yeah. and with Pat Green. So how phenomenal is that? And that had to make you feel good, Matt, to know that he wanted to be associated with you guys. Because Pat Green is definitely one of our icons. And I've, I've been out to see him. My husband's a huge fan and been out to see him several times. So kudos to you guys. And what a beautiful thing that you did. And see, I knew you were a good human. That whole next North Texas food bank. I also saw that recently you guys did um, a show for the senior source for the Jub, Jub Jam and um, and you guys were also nominated for Texas Regional Radio Music Awards so you're getting a lot of pats on the back and well deserved because you guys are doing a beautiful thing in our area and I'm proud to have you on my show the first show for 2022 thank you so much for joining us today and you listeners get ready because you're going to love it it's a little bit of love and if you're not familiar with Prophets and Outlaws get familiar with them download their music they're just good humans and they've got a lot of good things to say and I'm just happy that I got to have you on my show today Matt thank you so much Find me at the soul shop Where my daddy taught me how to rock And my mama played the 88 top I say harmonies And when you find me at the soul shop I'll be dancing on the rooftop With the rhythm of the raindrops Sing a melody
That's one of my favorite Lucas Nelson songs. It's called Turn Off the News and Build a Garden. And I want everybody to try to do that. I can't tell you how long it's been since I've turned on the news. Literally at least a month and a half. And I feel freedom. I always know that if there's something really important, somebody will tell me about it. And I just know right now, I just don't want to put all that negativity in my head. So... I know. And for those of you that know I'm married to a mayor of our city, that's probably not something I should be touting about and and (laughs) bragging about. But I want you to know it's been very, very freeing for me to not have all that negative input. So go out and make it a good year and spend some time outdoors. And that's what I love about that song. And I like I like Lucas Nelson's vibe. If you're not familiar with his music, check it out, because I promise you it will make you feel good. Love that song. Um sitting down on on a cloud there's so many so many songs that he's got that are wonderful so check it out well that is the end of my first show for 2022 and i really enjoyed it i think that to matt it's got a great attitude and i can't wait to see that band live they've uh they've clearly done some rehearsals because they've got some great vocal harmonies very much like um so many vocal groups out there that we love like the eagles and you know it's it's just great when you have three or four they, i think they have five vocalists in that band now that can actually sing parts so it's pretty amazing so i'm going to close today's show with one of their songs called texas home and i i had to listen to it because i've got a song that i wrote called texas home as well so i'm going to close my show today with the version of texas home by prophets and outlaws go out and make it a great day thank you to burris injury law one of my new sponsors guitar sanctuary and tups brewery that have made this possible Reach out to me, mainly at Texas Homegrown Music, if there's an artist that you want to hear, and we'll reach out to them and see if we can't get them on an interview. Remember to love life. You get out of it what you put into it. Peace out, everybody, and we'll see you next time right here on Texas Homegrown Music with Maylee Thomas. Well, they say home is where your heart is, where all of your faults are part of. Where you sleep safe and sound and spend days around The ones that you're in love with When I'm missing home And you wonder where I go You can look me up, I'm probably in some rundown truck Loving life on the road I spent 24 hours down in Austin Two stepped in San Marcos I ate chicken and waffles with my friends in Houston Met a girl in San Antonio Played debutante balls out in Huntsville I saw Pat Green play George's ball and I buried my pathball in West Texarkana I love my Texas home They said, boy, you should move out to Nashville Make records and buy fancy new clothes But I've worked way too hard in my own backyard To not taste all this fruit I've grown if they ask you where I've been, they can figure it out on their own. They can look me up, I'm playing and I so wish me luck with this gig and life on the road. I spent three days and nights down in Austin, two steps in San Angelo. Chicken and waffles with my friends in Houston Kissed a girl in San Antonio Played debutante balls out in Corpus I sang Wagon Wheel at Old Green Hall And I buried my papaw in West Texarkana I love my 
Texas home It's 103 God forsaken degrees in the breeze It feels half amazing But there's no place on earth that I'd rather be So I guess there's no sense in complaining That I spent most of September in Austin Two-stepped in going over I ate chicken and waffles with my friends in Houston Fell in love in San Arcana. I love my Texas home Yeah, you're so good to see Grab a drink and wipe your feet Come on into my Texas home Yeah, that's why I call Texas home 